Hello, welcome to the Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast. This is your facilitator, Dr. Dave Cornelius. Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave is streamed on grokshare.com and broadcasted on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. I want to encourage everyone to find their awesomeness. It is a choice. Let's begin your learning experience to achieve your awesomeness. All right. Well, hello, hello, hello. Happy Saturday. Uh, welcome to the Agile for Humanity Tucson meetup. Uh, my name is Dr. Dave. And today we're going to be discussing really fun stuff. So let's just begin. Um, we always begin by talking about upcoming events, uh, things that, that are coming in, in 2019. So Obviously, today is February, <clears throat> February 16th, and we're talking about agile practices for imp improved learning experiences in school. Um, we have a conference coming to Tucson, um, which is going to be March 11th through March 16th. And so on the 14th, we have workshops. Um, the 15th of March, we have the Agile Open Unconference. On Saturday, March 16th, we have the Agile Coach Camp. And for that week, we have gotten the mayor of um, Tucson to, to proclaim that it's Be Agile Week. So we're doing a challenge, and so we'll send that out to many people, ask people to participate in our challenge, which is to do something awesome for your community or for yourself. Um, there's also another major Agile conference coming up um, in April 29th in Nashville. Uh, the big global scrum gathering is in Austin, Texas, and then August 5th. Um, there's another gathering in Washington, D.C., and it's not August 5 or 9. It's just August 5th through the 9th. I probably just need to fix that yeah. at some point. Keep copying and pasting the same thing over and over again. All right. Um, our sponsors for um, this meetup is the Agile Alliance. Um, they make sure they pay for our meetup. And then Nalshire, um pay for the space, make sure that we have space to meet and have facilities. Um, today, we have some really distinguished gentlemen who are joining us. Um, we'll have Dr. Dave Martinez, who is the um, principal at uh, Early College High School. John Miller, um, he's at Agile Classrooms. And then we have David Higuera. I hope I didn't screw that up too much. He's the co-founder <laughs> and director of Idea School. And my name is Dr. Dave Cornelius. I'm the founder of Five Saturdays. And so each one of us will present ideas and really experiences that we do have um, about that. So I'm not going to allow, we, we won't do any introduction. I just wanted to say who the panelists are. And we're talking about how do we use agile practices for improved learning experiences in school? Um, so, so what is agile? Right. And so when we think of the topic itself and the definition, if we took up like the Merriam Webster um, definition of agile, it's saying having a quick and resourceful character, flexible and nimble. Right, that's the definition in the dictionary. Now, the Agile Manifesto, which was created back in 2001 or published in 2001, uh, one of its core principles um, or values says it's responding to change and which is translated into inspect and adapt, being able to inspect it and adapt based on what change is happening. Now, my crazy brain looked at it and said, well, that's not enough. All right, Re responding to change to what? So my definition is intentionally responding to change that is caused by opportunities and threats 
And these changes are really satisfied by delivering measurable outcomes that can be realized in cheer, right? So, you know, what kind of change? We're saying that there are opportunities or threats that are causing these change. And based on that, you know, we have to satisfy that change in our organization, whether it's a business, it's a church, it's a school, right? I mean, it's an NGO. We have to satisfy those change. And the way we do that is by having measurable outcomes, things that we could actually measure and say, yes, we got there or not, we didn't get there. And we use the term, I use the term realize because I'm thinking of Maslow's pyramid, right? Of, of self-actualization and shared because as a community, we should be sharing knowledge and, and information. Um, so, the, so John isn't here yet, I don't think. I haven't seen him. He's texting me. So what I'll do is, David, let's talk about Idea School. And you could, it's your audio is right. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to sit, you can sit. Let me try and get John um, cued Okay. Next. Go ahead. So uh, thank you for having me, Dr. Dave. Um, I... Uh, met Dr. Dave because he was he was coming by to tour the Dunbar Pavilion here in Tucson, Arizona. Um, and the Dunbar is this fantastic community effort to have saved and brought back to life a, a historic building in Tucson that formerly was the segregated school where black children were sent in Tucson, starting with statehood uh, in 1912. Uh, this building actually was built in 1918. Um, but I'm with the Idea School and we are um, uh, in our fifth year, we're an independent school in Tucson. Um, we're kindergarten through eighth grade school with a commitment to accessibility. So nine out of 10 students at Idea School uh, attend on some form of need-based scholarship. We were founded by a group of us parents who at the time had our children in preschool together, a really wonderful play-based preschool in, in town. Uh, and we wanted to create a K school that was as good as that preschool. And what we meant was a place that is focused on inquiry-based learning, uh, with the bottom line notion being children have to be engaged in their learning. Engaged learning is deeper learning. And so we wanted to have a school where the curriculum is, is an immersive curriculum that, that children and teachers together are, are creating uh, to keep it engaging at all times for kids. Um, the other piece that we wanted to take from that experience at that wonderful preschool was a strong focus on social and emotional development. Um, these are sometimes called the soft skills, although they should not be because they're really valuable. And in fact, um, research is very clear that these are highly correlated to success in adulthood. But these are skills like communication and conflict resolution and understanding my needs and how I articulate them and understanding what this person across from me needs and how might we both get our needs met. Um, those social emotional skills we thought as we were founding the Idea School are vital and shouldn't be ignored uh, in the service of reading, writing, and math. And so we built a school where we would focus as much on those as on, as on the inquiry-based learning. Our vision is that the Idea School students grow to take charge of their learning and therefore their lives, both in and out of school. Um, and responding to the notion of agile, and specifically Dr. Dave's definition around opportunities and threats, we see the current world we live in, much less the world that these children will inherit when they reach their 20s, uh, as the only thing we can count on is change. Um, the only thing we can count on is rapid change. And so we see the role of education in that context as preparing young people to be able to respond to and influence that change um, and not be run over by it. And so we really look at school as um, more than coming out of eighth grade with a particular uh, set of content knowledge. It's coming out of eighth grade with a strong, voracious appetite for learning, 
uh, the ability to learn anything because you know that there's resources out there that can help you and the desire to keep learning because learning is still engaging and, and fun. Um, and so uh, that really gets at our mission is we want our children to be uh, self-directed learners. We want them to be learning all the time and we want to build, we've, we've built our school around this, uh, around this notion of self-directed learning and it influences how we plan our curriculum, it influences how we, um, how we spend our days, it influences how we help our teachers become better teachers, uh, it influences all of that stuff. So our website's explorebuildlearn.org and I'm um, really happy to be here today. Really awesome as I run back in the room. That was great. I'm, I'm working on technical stuff with, with John and, and my brother-in-law. So I'm going to skip over my, well, let me just jump into five Saturdays so I can at least establish things for uh, Dr. Martinez. So we'll jump around a little bit until I can get um, John and, and my, also my brother-in-law involved. Um, so five Saturdays is... Um, an educational outreach program. We started in about 2014 in, in Los Angeles. Um, we look at this as what we're providing to high school students, 13 to 19 year olds, um, what we call workforce enablement, right? And we provide, you know, agile life skills for them. Um, when we think of agile life skills, it's about self-organization, collaborative learning, um, it's about being able to think on your feet, increase the communication. So those are all the key skills that we look at. But we also look at enabling the students to have greater leadership skills through the practices of agility. Uh, we talk about frictionless collaboration is because everything is team-based in our program that allows people to learn how to work well together and solve problems together. We run an entrepreneurship program. It's called Lean Biz Startup and Innovation. So the students, 13 to 19-year-olds who participate in this program, have the great opportunity of, of, of actually coming up with a business idea. We don't tell them what business to start. We said start a business, and we use the Lean Business Canvas, which is, as an advisor at the University of Arizona, I use that same principle to work with um, other researchers at the university. Um, I teach that to other business people in the community. So we use the same tool and principle to make sure the students are equipped early with these skills and techniques. They come up with um, a business idea. Um, we also provide software development skills because we believe that software is the thing that's going to eat the world or is eating the world because it's in everything that we do. And at some point, we're going to have what they call a citizen developer. Right? And, and it would not be so much of a specialized skills for just a few people. There will be a, a normal skill that everyone gets uh, throughout. Um, the other thing that we, we run is job readiness and effective communication. This is about teaching students how to communicate, how to write resumes, how to um, set up a network. Uh, and so everything that we need as, as grown-ups and business professionals to go out and find a job, we teach the students how to do the same thing. So at the very end of our program, um, we have a, a great event, which we call the Award Saturday, where the students get to play out, you know, the business that they came up with. They use the canvas, they talk about why they're doing things, how much it costs, you know, how they, they intend to break down customer segmentation, marketing, the whole nine yards. So they get a full spectrum of what that is. The same thing with the software group is that if they build a piece of software to do a certain function, that gets demonstrated, and we invite industry professionals to come in, participate, and 
and really give feedback to the students. So we, we would have CE, CEOs, CIOs, yeah, COOs from different companies sitting in there as part of a shark tank to make sure that we can get people really engaged. Um, let me go ahead and pass this on to Dr. Martinez. He has been a great champion uh, for our program. We've been working with him since um, 2015 um, at, at, at Estancia High School, and now he's the principal at Early College High School. And so I'm going to turn it over to him while I try to get the other two um, individuals to participate in the program. Um, yeah, so why don't I do that? And Dr. Martinez, Martinez, it's yours. Let me see if I can get this thing all fixed. Okay, well, thank you again for allowing me to participate uh, this morning. And again, for elimination of confusion, because I know there's a few Davids in the room and Dr. Dave, uh, Dr. Martinez would be, would be best for me. Um, as Dr. Dave said, we started five Saturdays in our school district back in 2015 as a summer program, and it's been a summer program ever since. Uh, the second year was held at Orange Coast College, uh, but it was accessible primarily by early college high school students because that was my first year at early college high school as principal. And then I've been fortunate to have the program here on my campus each of the last two summers, and we're planning to do the same this coming summer. Uh, what Five Saturdays really offers to our students is the ability for our students to access a curriculum that typically does not exist within the regular school day or school year for that matter as our students are earning high school and college credits towards better positioning themselves to get into a college university that they're applying to upon graduating from us. Uh, but it really falls in line with our curriculum culture that we have here at Early College High School, which is really, as I mentioned uh, before we got on the air, is that we're a project-based learning school, but we're also a school that deals with change. And we want, to, our, we want our students to be able to understand how change is, is inevitable and, and being able to adapt to change uh, and be a problem solver in, in a changing environment is, is critical. Um, it's part of the reasons why, you know, stress is actually a good thing to go through and be able to think on your feet, knowing how to collaborate and problem solve. Uh, everything that Agile training uh, offers to the students weaves in nicely with what we're doing at Early College High School within our own uh, curriculum, whether it's our high school or college classes. So um, I know Dr. Higuera talked about inquiry-based uh, learning. We, we are into that as well. We, we basically follow inquiry-based instruction in our classes uh, constantly. So it's just another opportunity for our students to be able to learn in that platform that Five Saturdays provides as a complement to what we already have here at Early College High School. Um, so again, at Early College High School, we're, our mission actually is, is that we're engaging a wide spectrum of students by offering a complete and rigorous curriculum supported by technology and aligned to student interests and educational standards, while also providing flexible and innovative coursework with applied learning focus uh, that is provided in a challenging and supportive environment, whereby we follow by um, the five strands uh, known as Wicker, which are AVID-based, uh, which is writing, inquiry, collaboration, organization, and reading. And all five of those components exist within the Five Saturdays program, uh, which is, again, a a means by which our students can apply what they've learned during the school year to what's being taught over the summer towards a finished product, as Dr. Dave mentioned, where they are presenting to professionals and really having that uh, 
that real deep experience as far as, oh, this is what's all involved in putting together a plan uh, to make it work and actually getting feedback from professionals, uh, but also a lot of coaching and encouragement as well. And our students um, really come away feeling that they've done something really productive and really meaningful for them as they advance themselves. So um, that's how it's been rolled out in our district and then primarily at, at our school at Early College High School. It's really awesome. And as a, I don't know if I should just pause for a moment. Let me just pause for a moment to get um, John in because as I'm trying to do it on my phone, it's not um, behaving as, as anticipated. So let me just pause recording and, um, and pause sharing first. Let me just stop sharing and then I should get the recording and pause recording. And we'll start bring back up the slideshow. I love it. You know, this is this is, oh. this is where we are, and um, we'll I like it. Here. I, I like it. I get to uh, talk less now, so that's great. No, no, <laughs> you, you don't get to talk any less. So, oh. um, let's see. Make sure we're recording, um, and we're we're still good. We're recording. Yes, yes, yes. We're recording. All right. So let's go back to where, you know, John, you're on tap. I hope you could see um, our screen. And it's you. The slideshow is about you right now. Yeah, that's me. I can verify that identity. <laughs> so let's talk about, um, so we, we did a definition of what Agile was. Um, and let me just back up one, um, John, just for the sake of go back up one. And so um, I went through the, the Merriam-Webster definition of what agility is or what that means. Um, I took one value from the Agile Manifesto, um, responding to change. And then I did my, my vantage point of what um, agility really means to me um, in terms of intentionally responding to change that is caused by opportunities and threats. And we say those changes are is satisfied by delivering uh, measurable outcomes that can be realized and shared. So the next slide is really to talk about your experience um, with with Agile Classrooms and and what you brought, brought to the table. So I set set it up for you. And now it's Agile Classrooms, John Miller. Okay, so Agile Classrooms. Uh, I started uh, some iteration of Agile Classrooms or first experiments in I'm terrible timelines, but I want to say 2009, 2010-ish, uh, we started with the fourth grade classroom, actually. So I was a director of education technology uh, in the Arizona school district. And we brought in Agile uh, for our department. Um, I just wanted a, a culture that I thought would model 21st century skills because that was sort of our mandate, just to help the district to embody those. And I thought we were not working in a, in a, even though we're using technology, we weren't really working in what I thought was a true 21st century way. So uh, we brought in Agile to help operationalize that for us so we can model it more importantly than anything else. Uh, it was a great success on, on our end. Um, the really interesting thing that happened though was as teachers, faculty, uh, even parents uh, came into our office, uh, the education technology department, um, to be a part of our sprints and our sprint planning, backlog refinements. Um, they just noticed the way we worked and our environment. Our environment was very collaborative, very visual, and they would all say, wow, this is what our classroom should look like, or wow, can you come in and help our, um, 
help our leadership team at our school implement this with our faculty. And so I got pulled into it. So it wasn't really a uh, intentional thing. It was more of an incidental thing. So I got pulled in, um, did some trainings and, and, and helped some teachers and faculty run it. And I had some teachers who wanted to try in the classroom. Uh, one in specifically that was really all for it. She was a kindergarten teacher originally, and she just got promoted to, uh, well, not promoted, but became a fourth grade teacher. It was her first year. And she says, this would really allow me to play with their independence, that uh, really great tool, a great way of, of doing that with these students. So uh, I really partnered with her. I did some other teachers as well, but she was the one that was probably the most into it. Um, and we just started to experiment. We started to try, um, we started off with pretty much Scrum. Uh, for those familiar with Scrum, it's just a, a framework of um, an agile framework that's very focused on teams and doing things in iterations. And we started there, and, but we realized though, was that even though it really helped us, there were just certain things that didn't fit in a classroom that comes from certain terminology, even certain practices. And what I realized was this really required a, a cross-pollination between the agile world in, you know, in the industry and education. So it wasn't like, here's Scrum, here's Agile, and you should do it. But it was like, wow, what happens if we put these two together, chocolate and peanut butter, maybe something really amazing could happen. So that was really the, the start of what became Agile Classrooms was not, wasn't, isn't really Scrum anymore. It's something different because of the marriage with, with education, teaching in, in that context. It's very different than a product development team you would have in, you know, in a business. So it has to reflect that context. So that's where it started and it grew. I watched patterns of teachers and students using this. And one thing I really realized was you can't, for the most part, you can't just say, hey, start doing this thing called Scrum um, and have your students be self-organized, which is a pretty high level of empowerment uh, in a classroom, that you need to help grow that. And not only did students struggle with maybe empowerment levels, uh, but the teacher did too. How do you teach in a, in a different way? Um, how, do, how do you shift accordingly? So I spent a lot of time researching and just observing what teachers were doing and found some patterns of like, oh, we can scaffold empowerment. We can scaffold collaboration. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. So what really happened is, is Agile Classrooms now is, you'll see Scrum in there. For those who are familiar with Scrum, you'll see some similar things. Uh, but it's turned from where we don't necessarily start with a pure self-organizing team. Uh, we might start with um, a very, you know, very traditional kind of style classroom at first. And we start, we start iterating up to where we grow the self-organization ability of the classroom and of the teacher and also the collaboration capacity of the classroom and the teacher. So what you'll see is a scaffolding model uh, built into uh, with agile and some education concepts. And today, um, it's pretty neat. Uh, I've been around the world sharing this with teachers. It all, I always learn something every time I, I do this. So I'm constantly updating the model as best as I can uh, to reflect that. So it's pretty fun. That's awesome, John. Um, so one of the things that, you know, so now we're going to go into where this is going to be more of a, a chat um, around agile learning experiences. So I, I came up with three questions, and it, it's not it is not like an exhaustive list, and it's not even the list. It's just a list that anyone could jump in. Um, so what I would like to talk about is like how would we define like agile learning experiences for students, right? And so we have four of us who have actually implemented. Agile in some fashion or administered 
as a leader. So, you know, how would we want to talk about that, about um, defining agile learning experience? So why don't we start with Dr. Martinez, and, and then we'll come from Dr. Martinez to John, back into you, David, and I'll just listen. So for me, um, agile learning experiences would be, let's take a look at an issue or a problem that is existing in our community or even in our in our locale, wherever we're at, let's analyze the problem and what are the components and issues that we need to look at uh, to, to really hit it at all angles and really understand that it's gonna be uh, an issue that can't be solved by one individual. It's gonna require a team of people and those and the team of people have bring certain skill sets and trying to organize those skill sets to look at the problem from uh, you know, a logistics standpoint from a uh, what's going to be the uh, collateral fallout from uh, making a decision on how to address it this way or that way, what are going to be the systems behind it, what is going to be the, um, the budget behind it. And again, looking at it from, as we mentioned before, inquiry-based, ask a lot of questions, get answers to those questions, who are going to be some of the people we're going to rely on to get some uh, knowledge on what that issue is and be able to come up with some uh, a plan that's been really vetted through a lot of phases of, uh, of analysis to come up with a, a finished product as to what that solution may be and basically present it to whoever you need to present it to that are going to need to be the movers in, in driving that plan forward to justify what sort of means did you go about to, to solve that problem. So it's really a deep dive into what that issue could be. And, uh, you know, that's the way we would look at it here at, at the high school, because at our high school, we have three R's, rigor, relevance, relationships. And it's that relevance piece as far as how we're, how we're teaching our kids to learn these skills, but how they're actually applying it to really address an issue. And you'd be, some people are surprised, but high school kids can really if when they stop and put their minds to it and they and you give them the resources that they need to be able to address that issue, they can come up with some solutions that are they may they may look like they're left field, but you know it's really out of the box thinking. It's really cool to see what they can come up with. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, what your thoughts, John, about um, defining agile learning experiences for the students? Yeah, so uh, I liked um, what was just said. Uh, I think that would be a pretty exciting if I was a student to participate in that. Um, when I think about this, I wonder what differentiates it from other things, though. Um, what's what's special or, or unique about Agile versus, you know, you can do the same thing with like design thinking, um, inquiry-based learning. I, I, I'm a big fan of as well, and I think it marries really well with with Agile. Um, you know, having a list of questions, you know, backlog of questions. Um, you know, the, where I guess I, I, when I think about Agile, uh, it's some very unique characteristics. Um, one of the things we've done is if you go to agileineducation.org, uh, several years ago, we brought together um, other kind of, you know, other folks like this uh, that were pioneering Agile uh, in, in education, you know, EduScrum. Uh, Agora in the Netherlands, which is absolutely amazing. Um, some uh, Hope High School Blueprint Education, which is doing some great stuff with Agile there in Arizona. And um, I guess some, some others of, of Agile educators. 
And we try, we try to ask this question of what, what does agile in education mean? And so here's a couple of things that we came across. So like, here's what makes it different. One is that it's, that it's iterative. Uh, it's gotta be an iterative process uh, where you have visible cycles of learning happening. Um, uh, I really like, again, the prior thing about real world problems, uh, but my experience has been, for example, um, how do I do an agile learning environment for a kindergarten class? You know, um, so I can't always shape what the content is, so what they're focusing on, but the environment itself uh, can be agile no matter what kind of content's coming at them, if it's a mandated sort of curriculum, or if it's truly, you know, real, real world project-based learning that's happening. So one of the things was, you know, visible cycles of learning, we can do that with anything. Um, culture over content uh, was a shift. Say that again. From, um, shifting from content to really classroom culture, really focusing on culture. Um, and, you know, really starting to, almost what, the, what was talked about earlier, learning starts with why. It's really the bigger story, the, the, the bigger lessons that were there. Uh, too many, unfortunately, what you have is so many teachers are so focused on the content because they feel like they have to be. Um, we can neglect the classroom culture and the, and the team culture that needs to happen. Um, visible feedback and reflection. So with this iteration, there's got to be explicit visible feedback and reflection built into the process. Um, and as students are empowered, uh, much more empowered, they're able to self-reflect and be able to give each other feedback as well in that process. So I think to me, that's an, that's an essential element of an agile learning environment is that there's this continuous or very frequent visual feedback and reflection. Um, obviously a lot of trust has to happen. Uh, if you want students to start self-organizing, um, there's has to be trust. Uh, for example, the first school, first classroom we did this with, uh, there was a group of boys that were forming a team and we had what we call a learning canvas, but just, you know, kind of a visible board of um, that we use in agile and they were just surrounding the board on the floor doing nothing doing absolutely nothing and i thought i totally ruined their education that that first time but i had a teacher there who really trusted that this could work who really trusted in those students that given enough time and right coaching um, so she was able to get that get that group of boys by the end of the year to probably be the one of the best self-organizing teams even with comparing to adults I, i've ever seen and I realized that one big part was trust of the teacher and the resourcefulness of the students. Um, and collaboration, I think that's a huge deal. Um, the more, as, uh, I think, sorry, I didn't know all the, um, all the panelists, was it Dr. Martinez? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, Dr. Martinez, he said something really powerful um, just now, which was, you know, for these real world complex, and I'm probably putting my own words in there, complex problems, you need collaboration. Uh, that's the way you solve wicked, wicked problems, wicked complex problems. You need multiple skills, multiple viewpoints to come in. So therefore, collaboration is essential. Um, even if you look at pure education, like depth of knowledge, the uh, the deeper you know the DOK goes, that depth of knowledge, um, that's the more complex the work gets. Therefore, the more collaboration that's required to make that happen. So collaboration is an absolutely essential um, attribute, I think, of an agile learning environment. So I think those four things, especially the, you know, the unique thing, I think, with Agile um, that's different than like things like inquiry-based learning or design thinking, which I think are all awesome and I think work really well with an Agile learning environment, um, I think is the, is the focus on teams uh, and the focus on um, this iterative and visible learning environment.
So uh, this is David with the Idea School uh, in Tucson, and I have to just correct, uh, Dr. Martinez earlier referred to me as Dr. Higuera. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I do not have that level of education. Um, but, but no, I just wanted to piggyback on what both Dr. Martinez and, and Mr. Miller were just saying. Um, at the Idea School, we think of, uh, we haven't used the terminology agile before, but as I'm listening and, and reflecting, it, it has been that. Um, some of the things that really resonated with me were the idea of culture over content, and the idea of um, the idea of trust and collaboration uh, being at the core of, of any kind of deep learning that you're going to do together, and and being able to look at real world problems. Um, as I'm learning more about agile, I'm thinking the way that the Idea School can improve upon what we've started is around that piece on iterative learning and visible cycles of learning. I think that's an area where we're just in our infancy um, as we build this kind of program uh, that we've described at various times as inquiry-based, um, to really take it to, to a new level is, is the iterative process. Um, I think that's where you really um, can see students taking ownership uh, over their learning and uh, where the, the stakes get a little higher uh, because they put in more time. And uh, so I think that's really probably a very fruitful area to explore further. And so one of the things we look at when we work in, um, through five Saturdays, um, this is Dr. Dave, um, the other Dr. Dave, um, <laughs> is that we wanted to make sure that the learning experiences that the students had was, was first real, you know, more of a real world context. So a lot of times what we do is, all, well, I wouldn't say a lot of times, all the times what we do is like we recruit industry professionals. We find software engineers, we find business people, we find art teachers, we find people with, from various walks of, of life to come in and partner with the students as mentors, right? And leveraging our curriculum, you know, like for example, if we're doing the lean business startup, so let's, let's talk about starting a business. We may have a model, and our model is a bike shop, right? That's something that they could connect to. They, they understand there's a physical element to it. So we may walk through the concept of what it's like to run a bike shop as a business. Now, what we ask the students to do is to dream a little and come up with their own idea of the different types of businesses that they may, they may um, want to pursue. And it's amazing to see the transformation that we trust them with the reality that they're smart enough, they have all of the, the necessary skills, and they work in small teams, three to five people in their team. Mm -hmm. in, that, in that construct, you know, what we see is that you see leadership skills start to emerge. So you start to see the emergent leadership start to come out. Um, since they have to do playoff frequently, like our, our sessions are, you know, 15 minutes of, of um, what, what we call learning facilitation, 15 minutes of doing and 15 minutes of playback you know, as they go through the, the day. Um, so at every opportunity, the students have a, a way of, of feeding back to each other as well as to the mentors and the mentors back to them in terms of how are they progressing, mm -hmm. right? If they're, they, if they're stuck, they could ask questions. So we use all of the relevant techniques of agility, you know, some, some elements of Scrum that John spoke to, we use some elements of that. We use some elements of Kanban, which is another lean technique that we use to help them to make work visible in, in, in the room. And so everyone is constantly connecting and working with each other. And, and, and what we're seeing is that we've seen 
students, it's interesting, we've seen students who come in there that they're just leaving eighth grade coming into ninth grade. And I have to thank um, Dr. Martinez for creating that space, right? And they come into a room filled with sophomores, juniors, and seniors. Could you imagine how daunting that could be mm -hmm. for someone who's just coming out of, of um, elementary school into high school and they fit in? And they fit in the context because we're talking about collaborative learning. We're talking about sharing. We're talking about partnering with each other. And it, it, and no one is better than the other, right? So we're teaching they them to trust each other. perspectives they bring. Oh, yeah, of course yeah. they do. So, I mean, that's the learning experience that we bring to the table. It's like we know the schools have what they call the A through G kind of context. We said, well, why don't we bring the real-world context? Because not everyone is going to go to college. And if you if you don't go to college, how can you obtain some relevant skills that you could apply wherever you go? And so that's kind of like what the learning experience looks like from a five Saturdays perspective. And it's, it's a lot of fun. So I, I, we kind of talk about, you know, what would that look like mm -hmm. in, in our conversation? And so the next question that I have, and we could change orders, you guys could jump in, is mm -hmm. how can we tra transition traditional schools to kind of bring this agile learning experience for students, how do we transition that? Or is it, do we even need to transition or we just augment? That's well, a, yeah. can I, can I I'm going to jump in first on that, All if right. that's okay with others. Uh, you know, Dr. Martinez said that at, at, <clears throat> at early college high school, they, they have the three R's, right? Rigor, relevance, and relationships. Did I get that right? That's correct. Rigor, relevance, and relationships. To get at the what you just said, Dr. Dave, I think the number one way that um, agile learning experiences and agile learning classrooms and programs can influence more traditional public school systems is by helping the public redefine the three R's, right? I mean, we still put all our eggs as a community in reading, writing, and math, and yes, those are important, but they are not sufficient right. for today's economy. They're not sufficient for being an autonomous, um, player in your own life anymore. They, they, they're, they're necessary but not sufficient. And so I think um, the more programs and collaborations out there are helping to redefine what the three R's are, which is a great way of putting it, uh, I think the better for students across different classrooms. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, and that's part of the reason when early college was developed, it really was a uh, high school redesign model and it was the new three R's. Uh, not necessarily not replacing the old three R's. The, the old three R's would still be embedded within our, our three R's that we established here. But I think at the traditional high schools, you have to look at the high school and see what sort of platform could agile learning take place. For example, um, I'm not only a principal, but I'm also the avid district director for our school. And there's a lot of commonalities between what avid uh, systems are and the strategies that are used and what agile is offering there's a lot of parallels there so you know i could see where agile learning can be embedded within avid classes uh, that exist at the high school and the secondary and we even have avid at the elementary level at some schools uh, we have one ourselves here in newport mesa uh, for a school that doesn't have avid elective classes as such where you can use that as a platform uh, there's other platforms that they have uh, you'll see uh, schools with uh, career tech pathway programs and within those pathway programs where there's a basically it's a it's a three-year design where students are taking an initial or an entry class then a concentrated class and then a completer class in a 
specific pathway, that's where you need to bring in the people who are the professionals into those classrooms. And I've seen it as <clears throat> such, uh, but kind of like a kind of a hodgepodge model with not a particular design. Uh, I see agile learning really coming into play when those students are in that completer uh, series where they're really starting to see, okay, here's the connection with the real world because I'm a believer that anybody is a teacher. You don't have to be a, a credential teacher to be teaching high school students. Anybody can be a teacher. And when you bring the outside into the inside classroom, uh, those are those are classes that exist in a lot of the campuses where that could be weaved in. And then the third way is, you know, how I'm doing it here as well is as a complement to what exists, whether it's a summer program or what have you, uh, because that's the opportunity, as Dr. Dave mentioned, that the real world people can come in and, and be the instructors of, of Agile um, as a complement to what our students are learning within the classroom from our from our teachers and, and the adjunct professors that we have here on our campus. Miller, any uh, anything that you would like to add um, for the transition? Yeah, I, I think that's a lot of my focus is um, how to transition. Uh, I love this idea, again, of, um, for example, a school called Iowa Big. Um, their winner of the, um, God, what was it called? The, um, or some X prize in education, but they, they won this big prize by some Facebook execs. Um, and they do very much what you're saying, but they use Agile, they use Scrum with that. They go into businesses, actually they leave the school and go into businesses. Um, they work as teams. Um, they have standards, uh, for example, um, that they have to meet, but it's not explicit up front. They actually go through and do a project and then at, iteratively they'll go and reflect on the stand well look at the standards and say which standards do we actually meet through doing this work and surprisingly they get about like 90 percent of the standards met without ever actually intentionally trying to meet standards and then they spackle right in order to to do that so that's one way they transition is real world projects but yet we still live in the world of public education where you got to meet certain standards um, and curriculum um, i think that's awesome i don't think most schools are ready for that i don't think most schools will do that so i'm also a realist and um, so my transition looks something like this. And actually that's where I, how, I built, uh, how I built Agile Classrooms by watching teachers, how, how are they doing this? How they take this ideal state and bring it to their real state that they are, they're living in every day, where they don't often have the autonomy to like, hey, we're gonna kind of create our own school and our own model the way we like to do it. So here's what I do, um, what I suggest, is sometimes I'll say, well, one, start something non-risky, um, a teacher, messing with their classroom, um, that's, that's a big risk for them. To try something really new like Agile that isn't you know, research, there's not a lot of research behind it uh, to show best practices. It's really an emerging way of, of, of learning. Um, it's risky for a lot of teachers. So one way is to start with an extracurricular activity. Um, I like a lot what um, Dave, you do with Five Saturdays program, is allows students to experience this and maybe bring it back into their classroom in a way that is uh, not risky. For, for a teacher. Um, yeah. Another way is, you know, do extracurricular. So uh, for example, you might have a student club or you might have a student event. So, you know, try that as an agile project. It's pretty simple to do. Um, that way the teacher gets exposed to it, the students do, and it builds up their confidence. Three is to have the faculty. I used to never do this. I used to always, with my focus, agile classrooms is actually the classroom. I wanna change, I wanna get one classroom in a school and change his lives, at least for a year. And I hope I hope it grows, uh, but it may not. Um, is 
is for, um, you know, that teacher, if they try that one extracurricular thing, that one, that one event, they might then bring it into their classroom. They might try it with one, like elementary school, they might try it with some, one subject or a teacher might try it with one project. Um, so I find that starting on the outside areas is for, for public schools anyway, which tend to be risk averse um, in general, um, playing around with that first helps. And also having, sorry, having the faculty do it as a faculty team to run the school that way is actually, I'm finding um, probably the best way of starting, I'm finding. These educators are willing to try something themselves and with each other and fail more than they're willing to risk, you know, their students and their education. And that year, there's a lot of pressure that teachers are under to ensure that they're successful that year. So I find actually having them use Scrum or Kanban or you know, some kind of agile way of working to run the school really builds up the confidence and gets them excited to bring it into their classroom. Uh, because that way they feel competent versus just starting and not knowing anything just you know, on how to do this. Um, within Agile Classroom's framework though, one of the things we do is build kind of a bridge of how to do this in, in a, an incremental way. So the first step is to visualize, visualize the learning. So we're not changing anything. This comes from Kanban that Dave was talking about earlier, is we just visualize the flow of learning. We make a big board. Uh, maybe students have their own board, but the teacher's telling them what to do and how to do it. So visualize it. That way it's not threatening. They're getting used to the learning process. This is how I plan a class. This is how I plan a lesson. You're going to plan it with me, but you're just going to follow along. Uh, the next part is then to implement an iterative cycle. In Scrum, we call this sprints. So one week or two week cycles, whatever that might be, to where we actually go through the whole learning process of planning, doing it, reflecting and assessing, and then rinse and repeating. And then from there, we start scaffolding, collaboration. Maybe we start forming some, forming some teams um, and, then forming, and then growing empowerment on top of that, which would be, okay, um, before as a teacher, um, I will tell you what to do and how to do it. And you follow along, we visualized it and did in iterations. Uh, but now I'm going to give you some freedom of how to do it. So now you're going to, we're going to do it together. I'll give you some things and you add your own. Then the next level might be, you know what? Here's the learning objective or here's the inquiry. You go ahead and do it yourself this time. And I'll be here as a mentor all the way to a whole another level, which is you get to figure out what you, you know, which learning objective you want to do um, in this iteration. So I find having a scaffolded pathway um, really can help teachers, especially in traditional classrooms. Um, move towards this ideal of a really empowered collaborative class. That's probably way too much information. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's just the right amount. Um, so we I have a follow-up question. Yeah, uh, so, so I'm just going to give time yeah. check. We have about six minutes. Oh, okay. Or maybe even a little bit more, but I just wanted to make sure we give it a time check. Jump on in, Dave. Well, just, I, I was really, I was taking various notes as you were speaking, John, but the, the one thing that you said that, that struck me most was you said, well, most schools won't do this and so then you you clearly have figured out ways to to build it in slowly to build it in from more uh, less risky to more risky scenarios and to build um uh cohesion among a school's faculty that we're going to do this in our school and that means we'll take some risks together and we'll, we'll fail together and and we'll learn do you but you've been doing you've been doing this at a district-wide level and working with districts all over it sounds like uh or schools all over do you think there is no opening at the school board level at the the reason i ask is you know yeah. uh, when you talk to economic development people and workforce development people they'll say well employers keep saying give us some employees who come out of college and know how to think for themselves you know and yeah, colleges say, give us freshman classes yeah. who know how to think for themselves yep. 
Yep. I, I, you would think, you would think so, but you know, if you look at how school districts are run, that is not their stakeholder. Right. Businesses are not their stakeholder. It is the education state department and, and having um, certain things that are met and achieving on scores. That is, that is their, unfortunately that's their world. So we have to take that into account. Now, when I say most, you know, I'm not saying none. I mean, there's some times where uh, even, in, even in the model I have, um, I say start where, you, start where you want to start. So if you want to start with a really self-organizing classroom, say it's a video class, well, that makes sense. You can start out with like very much a scrum self-organizing group in that. If I'm starting in a math class, maybe, maybe or maybe not, depending on where they are. Um, but the, the problems that we have in, in education is the feedback loops to reality aren't there. There's no real feedback loop. It, it's, it's an artificial system that they're being put through. So it's a facsimile of reality and often that reality is, is not reality. Yeah, well, you know, like you said, you know, the, the goals and the objectives are, are completely different, right? It, yeah. It's a way of giving us a standard way of, of how we could read, write and, and compute information as opposed to giving us the skills to be innovators. So, you know, my observation is that as I'm watching my son go through high school, he went through high school and the struggles that he had, and I'm looking at his friends, it's like, yeah, they're, they're bored to tears. They're not given an opportunity to really think beyond what's in the box. And the risk is, if you get them out of the box and they don't pass the test, then there is, especially in the public there's consequences, school, there's yeah. consequences right. for, for not doing that. And so my context, when I started five Saturdays, well, let's not mess with the, the status quo in the way it is. Let's augment the status quo and create a new reality, which is let's do it on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. Let's do it in the summer when there, there isn't football and all of these other things taking place where they get a chance, the students who really want to do this will participate. Yeah, and, and the and state board has nothing to do about it. <laughs> well, the state board and, of education. Right. So the relationship is really with, with the administrators, really right. with the, the, the Dr. Dave Martinez and other people like yourself, Dave, right. David, right. as well, to, to be able to build that relationship. And so I'm looking for less friction mm -hmm. and looking for a way to add value to the students as often as possible until we could get a change of, of the way we think about education um, going well, forward, especially like we're preparing people, right? And I look at high school as being at the far end of the, of the pool, right? We're preparing people so they could, they could be enabled to participate in the workforce, right? Right. I mean, that's what we need to do. And that's my context anyway. Well, but, but right. And I hate to sound, I don't want to sound like I'm on a soapbox, but I feel like all of us who are doing this kind of work with young people um, should have advocacy be part of our mandate, whether we like it or not, uh, and at least insofar as telling our stories so that more and more people understand that there are these alternative yeah. ways to look at education and to look at youth, you know, and what youth are capable of and what they need. Um, because, you know, when I sort of take the 30,000 foot view, there's a lot of kids mm. um, being pushed out of or dropping out of school because it hasn't adapted. Right. And so then we've got societal, the societal fallout of that. Um, so it's just a lot of wasted human potential if we don't uh, force the conversation to, so that we can 
serve more youth than just the ones we directly serve. Right. And so what do you have, any thoughts about that, Dave, um, Dr. Martinez? Yeah, you know, it goes back to the definition of agile, uh, being able to adapt to change, and sometimes in public education, change moves like glaciers. Um, and we have to recognize that sometimes it is a slow process. But I like what John said is that, you know, one way to do it is to, to do it in a pilot mode because educators, I really firmly believe, want to see, hey, let's pilot it. Let's try it with the right teacher, the right context, and, and get some data as to what's the bang for the, uh, the program and seeing how it's helping kids. Uh, but I will say, you know, even in the state of California, we're now being measured on college and career readiness. It's not just a matter of kids earning, uh, meeting the A through G prerequisites and getting them four-year college university ready. There's also career indicators there. So some of the platforms that I talked about, about weaving in uh, people that um, have the knowledge on, on Scrum and have knowledge on, on Agile Learning within some of the context I talked about, that I'm starting to see that happening. Um, and it's something that, you know, even at my school where you had talked about, Dr. Davis, it's an augmentation to what we have, and it's a perfect fit to have it on the, in the summer. Uh, we're looking at, you know, like I said, bringing in the professionals into the classroom within the regular school day with this type of curriculum so that our kids are really college and career ready upon graduation, not that they've just gone through the content and met the standards. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And, and as just a, a side note before this ends, um, the college and career readiness and life readiness, right? Beyond yeah. college and career. Um, uh, what, what I loved about Agile, even from um, 2010, when we started to apply this in the classroom, is one thing we realized, like, wow, all these things like 21st century skills, life and career skills, um, it's all baked into it, no matter what content you're doing, because it's the process that you use. That's collaboration, adaptability, communication, critical thinking. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're doing, you know, I think the real world project stuff is awesome. I think that's the best, probably the best way. I find it's not always going to fit. Um, so even if you're just learning basic, whatever that content is, by going through the process, you're embedding these 21st century skills without a curriculum needed to teach them. It just happens. They live it. it it's caught. It's not taught, but it's caught through the doing. And I, I think that's the power of Agile. And I'm really um, well, just really excited that there's people like you um, that are out there making it happen. Yeah. So let's bring this to a close. It's at um, 11:32. Um, you know, we're really grateful for you know John Miller, Dr. Martinez, um, David Higuera, 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 screw it up, David Higuera, um, for for attending. But you know, we have a few people in the room. Um, Dr. Richie Rich. <laughs> right, Bernadine, um, before we go, I mean, anything you guys would like to add in, you know, in terms of thoughts? It's um, great to hear you all and see the different perspectives um, from agile classrooms with a practical, you know, we're dealing in traditional, but we can still add agile and feedback loops and, and pilot that in. It's a very exciting way to do that. Too. Yeah. More immersive, David. You know, we're taking learning into a project-based format. Exciting, I think. Yeah, yeah. You, you said the of the board out of the mind. Yeah. And so the, the transition from regular unidirectional sort of you know passive learning to inquiry-based assumes that you're creating a motivation. And sort of if you're really trying to tap into the motivation and what these teams care of. 
maybe maybe your focus shouldn't be like the high school, but you know, Fortnite and Snapchat. Like that's the actual platform where they're interacting, where they're thinking, where they're motivated. And and that's the future and that's the technology that so that's also a gateway to to what they care about and the inquiries that will motivate them to, to learn. So awesome. Thank you so much for your feedback. Um so with that, we're going to let's see. I want to see if I, I know there's a few people out there in, in the chat panel, so maybe I should stop sharing. So let's go to share. I could stop sharing and, and see. I thought there was a few things that people were saying out there that I would like to see. Um, and my my, my sorry um, sorry uh, Kaunda, I, I kind of like did not bring you in as okay. So you joined as a panelist, and so and I, I want to hear from you. I have to give you a few minutes. Um, so my, my brother-in-law here, Charles, uh, he is a, um, a teacher um, of mathematics. So anything you would like to share um, before we go? I, I'm sorry, I didn't get to see when you came in. On, on the, came in. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know if you could hear me. Okay, I think you could hear me. Um, I think what, I'm, what I think is um, we didn't talk about and probably just imply is that how do we deal with the issue of, of equal representation as far as um, race and culture of students? And how does Agile address that issue explicitly? Because um, in education, as we all know, there's a, a serious gap between the haves and the have-nots, so to speak. So um, it's always um, important, to, as, a, as a classroom teacher right now, um, I see it every day that uh, there's a group of students who get left behind in whatever program we implement. So how does Agile really explicitly address that issue is something that I'm really um, interested in. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a big question there. It sounds like a whole, it sounds like a whole other uh, webinar topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems like we have to do another webinar topic. But B, I think we have a great opportunity this, this summer to, you know, when we bring Five Saturdays to Tucson, because it's, it's only the execution has been in California only. Um, so this year we'll have Tucson and Milwaukee. So this is a great opportunity to start that experiment to answer that question. I, I don't, right? Because, I mean, that's what we try to do. The program itself is focused on environments and students who may or may not be exposed to technology and, and innovation and entrepreneurship in their own lives. And yes. the goal is how do we bring that back into the community? And, and that's what Five Saturdays really look to. It, it looks to the students and the families who may not, you know, have those opportunities. So that's why we, you know, partner with Early College High School, because that's an environment that, that has that too. And Dr. Martinez made a comment Sorry about um, one of the days. Maybe you. One of the days definitely <laughs> mentioned. What's it like to leave middle school and come in and be with these sophomore, junior, seniors? So Agile, I think, does have some frameworks for that's one level of diversity, right? I'm I'm not I'm less than or not having the same skills as, and yet you can be part of. So I think it is a good framework to start addressing that, and it's exciting to see. How can we, you know, with intentionality, make sure that the left behind, that's not a thing, right? Yeah. It's yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think at the roots of, of Agile is a sense of um, uh, equality. Everyone brings something to the table that we're stronger together and that we uh, amplify, um, accept and, and 
accept our differences and use those as strengths. Um, I don't think Agile does anything explicitly for you know race. Um, I don't think there's anything explicit in that. I do think it's a container though that you can a very useful container that um, would help to bring up these issues though, for sure. And, and a pretty good way of, um, uh, because it creates a safe, equal footing for each team member to have these discussions. It would be interesting. So I, I don't have any answers there at all. It's definitely not an explicit thing. I'd be very interested in, in seeing it used that way though. So I'm very, I'd love to hear some follow-up if you guys do something like that. Yeah, so I'm doing an experiment. Um, we're running a conference here at um, here, John. You, you know, we're running the conference next month, um, right. March 11th uh, through the 16th. But on the 14th, we have a series of workshops. Um, one of the workshops that I'm doing is called uh, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And what I'm talking is, is using agility as a way to address some of those, that context, right? It's a recipe of, of how we do that as a half day workshop. So um, hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll see my brother-in-law there contributing to that. I'm like mm -hmm. poking him, mm -hmm. you know, and, and maybe a lot of people in this room to start coming in and um, starting to have those type of dialogues about how do we deal with that? Cause it's not just race, it's gender, it's a bunch of other things as well. But it is, but it is very much race. I mean, this is, you know, this is all in the context of, uh, the quote unquote achievement gap, which has been, you know, a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and I, I don't mean to say that flippantly. It's been, it's been addressed as a challenge for decades now. Yeah. Uh, and so mm -hmm. we've, we've sort of always gone towards, well, remediation or, uh, you know, do more of this longer school day, longer school year, you know, uh, more mm -hmm. support for families, all those things. One thing that's never in my reading of, of the literature and, and paying attention that hasn't been discussed is okay but if we're talking about culturally relevant pedagogy we're talking about the fact that every kid walks into the room with a whole lot of expertise based on their lived experience yeah then what is success maybe we need a broader definition of success so there's not an achievement gap there's just different ways of succeeding and therefore kids don't ever get to that point where they think oh i'm not good at school or i guess i'm not good at math or whatever it's just yeah. a different way of getting at math or it's a different way of getting at yeah writing yeah. or whatever um yeah. based on the fact that we have a broader definition of success i think that's part of the discussion yeah so, it's a world so it's, a, it's a world of it's a world of niches yeah and I, and I think that's a good thing and i think agile can help with something like that is to be able to say hey here's your niche here's where you contribute and it's right. not just a gap there's there's not a gap i think it's just I, filling that in yeah i think also um another term that we could really use is the opportunity gap and maybe add to give us the opportunity to show their skills um, because these students have a lot of skills in many different ways that are usually not measured and if you have a program like agile they could uh, get a chance to display that skill you give them that opportunity to be um to be leaders yeah so i, I think it's it's, it's 11 40 so we're going to call it but what i'll do is um let's have another webinar that maybe discusses you know the agility, opportunity the opportunity gap, and, and how we can leverage agility as a, a practice, a set of practices that could, you know, not, not really, it may not address it, but it may give a pathway um, to making things different or better for, for everyone.
Makes sense to me. Yeah, I'd love to be part of that. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. you guys would be all invited. So why don't I say thank you? Um, so we had Timothy Austin uh, as an attendee. Attendees don't don't you know they just get to listen to the, the webinar. Um, Dr. Martinez, thank you for giving your time. Um, well, thank you again. Yep, John Miller, thank you, my brother. Thank you. Um, Kaunda, thank you for showing up. I really appreciate you, man. I'll come by your house yes. later. <laughs> okay. David, Yigera, um, thank you so much for, for coming in. Dr. Richie Rich, uh, Bernadine, you know, thank you everyone for coming. Um, I think the more we participate in these type of discussions, the richer you know, our community becomes. So thank you all. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Have a good week. Hello, this is Dr. Dave Cornelius again. Thank you for listening. We hope you were able to add to your awesomeness journey with this learning experience to obtain new knowledge. We are grateful to those who support us. We would like to thank our sponsor, Nalshare, for the continued support for this podcast. Visit www.nalshare.org to achieve your awesomeness through agile coaching and training, digital transformation strategy, agile organization development, lean business startup, and diversity, equity, and inclusion coaching. Nalshare.org also provides online workshops for PDUs and SEUs to help you maintain your existing professional development certification and achieve new ones. We support lean thinking and agile life skills education through the Five Saturdays Agile Education Program. Visit www.the5saturdays.org to donate your time, money, and knowledge. That's www.5saturdays.org. Check out Dr. Dave's latest book, Prayers to My Abba Father God, on Amazon.com, a focus on prayer to enable spiritual growth. You will also find his books, Elastic Minds, What Are You Thinking? and Transforming Your Leadership Character, The Lean Thinking and Agility Way on Amazon.com. Look for the Nalshare with Dr. Day podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. The Nalshare with Dr. Day podcast is streamed on grokshare.com. If you have any questions for Dr. Dave, reach out on Twitter at Dr. Cornelius Info or at Nalshare. Copyright 2019 Nalshare. Until next time, find your awesomeness.